said, you motherfuckers is crazy. I said, I got to talk. I got to tell what I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. And now for our feature presentation. Okay, welcome back. Welcome back um, to another episode of the Life As I See a podcast. I am your host, C, and I brought a couple of my girls with me. I have uh, Jazz, I have Soph, and I have Carrie. And um, we decided to do a Women's Month podcast just to get, you know, the women's side of things and and just to um, empower women as much as we can. So um, this week is all just the girls um, and me and the guys will be back next week. So as you can tell, I'm not used to being the host. That's Jer's job, but we miss you guys. Hey guys, shout out to Jer, shout out to Gert and shout out to Key. But anywho, um, our first question is, um, well, let me just say this. How are you ladies doing today? I'm sorry. I'm just starting off like so formal. (laughs) How are uh, you? Amazing. How are you ladies doing today? I'm doing good. I just finished some uh, Wingstop Wings, so <laughs> I'm, ready. I'm good. Ready to go. I am doing good. I'm in the other room, not with my child at the moment, my child, <laughs> so I am wonderful. She's the cutest little baby. <laughs> oh, she's mm-hmm. so cute. <laughs> She'll be doing my baby wrong. So... I'm going to ask you ladies the first question and um, it's just what women have been an inspiration to you and what does being a strong woman mean to you? I'm going to start with you first, Jazz. I get the first question. Um, I definitely have to start with my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, She's always been a super confident woman um, and that kind of transcended down to me. Mm -hmm. um like even like growing up you know like when you're younger like a lot of girls would be taught to like play with makeup and do you know this and that that's like more geared to like being a girl growing up basically Mm -hmm. um and I didn't I wasn't I'm not gonna say I wasn't necessarily exposed to that but that wasn't like all that I did like I didn't grow up putting on makeup like I didn't really see my mom putting on makeup growing up so like being able to like go into the world without having to hide certain things like you know, physical features and things like that really kind of like as an adult um, made me as confident as I am today. Um, And yeah. Okay. And um, so that made you like that exudes being a strong woman to you is just, yeah. okay. Just being able to kind of like, you know, stand on your own two feet, um, just have that confidence, especially like being a working, you know, woman, like being able to walk into a room with confidence and like knowing that like you're supposed to be here for a reason. So like, you know, um, being able to share my voice, uh, it's a lot, but like to, you know, kind of like narrow it down, I would just say those few things. 
Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Um, I'll go to you next, Soph. Would you like me to repeat the question or did you hear it? Yeah, I heard it. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Um, I would say honestly, you know, not, you know, not to say exactly what Jasmine said, but it's kind of hard not to. My mom is amazing, my grandma. Um, I feel like I come from a, a lineage of very strong women and we're mostly women in my family. Like my grandma's generation, my mom's generation and my generation, we're all women. My generation birthed the boys. So I just grew up around a lot of strong women. Um, but starting with my grandma, she, you know, she lived her whole life was the Trujillo era, which in Dominican Republic was a dictator. Um, everything was very much, um, there was a lot of machismo and he kind of further indoctrinated that into our society. But despite that, my grandma, even though she didn't know how to write, didn't know how to read, she still managed to own her own businesses, own her own properties. And regardless of what society told her and supported, she still went out and got her own. Same with my mom. She migrated to the, to the United States and rather than just um, lean on my father, which she could have, he did, he did well. Um, she still decided to own her own business and own her own properties. And that was basically what we saw growing up. So yeah, you, you could, absolutely own your own and be feminine it doesn't take away it literally makes you uh, uh an autonomous person okay i like that a little culture in there too um yeah. and last but not least carrie <laughs> well i'm probably last but go ahead carrie <laughs> <laughs> um i definitely have to say um my mother and my grandmother um, they both taught me how to conduct myself, how to handle myself, um, publicly and privately, um, how to be, they're so poised. Um, I'll also say that they also told me how to love hard, um, especially those you care about, those you love. Um, they show me how to handle households, um, financially, physically. Um, you know, they raise kids, they raise more people than their kids. They raise their brothers, their sisters, um, especially my grandmother, eight brothers and sisters, and she raised them. Um, and that's the type of strength that I don't think that I have. <laughs> Hopefully I just get a little bit from her. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, they were just both really strong women, intelligent women. Um, that have made me the woman I am today. Um, yeah, and I appreciate them for all that they do. But sometimes um, when I hear the, the term, you know, like strong women or strong black women, it just always feels so heavy. Like um, it just comes from pain and dealing with things that it's like you have to endure as a black woman. So sometimes I think it's a very, a very, it's just a heavy term. You sometimes. think it's a controversial term? Yeah. Um, it's a good thing. You know, you want to be able to come, you know, you want to have that strength to be able to deal with life. Because life is hard. But at the same time, it 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 seems as if they, it's the stigma that you have to deal with certain things. 
Okay, I, I can understand that. Um, just to, you know, piggyback off of you guys, um, of course, my mother and my grandmother um, have been, you know, very influential within my life as well. My mom taught me never to give up. And to me, she is the epitome of a strong Black woman. And we see a lot of, just to, just to go off of what you say, Carrie, how you feel like that's a controversial term, it can be. Um, because you're looking at what we have to endure to be strong. Um, I never felt like because my mom was strong that she, um, I've seen weak women, put it that way. I've seen like we, if you guys have been looking at social media today, you see, or this week, you've seen the Derek Jackson thing or where his wife is looking like she's in Get Out and she's sitting by like, with, like holding his hand with a bonnet on. Like how, how is that possible? That to me, is something that I could never see my mother doing. And because I've seen my mom um, go through a divorce and I've seen her become better than who she was, even though it was to my father, you know, and he was still a good dad, I still see her as my hero. And I still see her as, oh, she's unstoppable. She's untouchable. To see someone go through two brain surgeries and just, you know, have all her faculties like right afterwards. You just think like, if, I never believed in Batman and Superman and anything, but I believe in her. She's my superwoman. I believe in God and I believe that she passed that relationship down to me just based off of her strength in which she's endured. So um, I don't think so much as strong Black women as we endure pain. I think us as women, we are built for pain, which is why we handle it better. You know, we handle childbirth. That is the most painful thing you will ever go through in your life. We handle cramps. You know, we handle <laughs> different things that men probably couldn't even handle if given them that, you know? So I don't look at it as a bad thing to be a strong woman. I get what you're saying, but I look at it as this would make, this is what separates us from them. From men or from? From men. And from society, like as far as being a black woman, that's that's a hard job. Yes, it is. Yeah. You're looking at pay um, inequalities. You're looking at different things that we're just not given the opportunity to do. We just had someone become the vice president. She wasn't good enough to be the president, but she was good enough to be the vice president. And she was good enough to be the president, but they just, you know. And I mean, you ladies can speak to this because we're all in different industries. Have you seen this within your industry? So this is, I mean, I'll speak for, for the fashion industry uh, right now. I absolutely see a shift. Um, and, it's, and it's funny because I work for a luxury brand outside of my personal business because I do work my nine to five to make sure that um, my business can grow. So I'm not taken from it. Nonetheless, in my uh, job, I work for a luxury company and the faces of the company have become very much uh, brown, brown and black. And yeah. my coworkers are still uh, the same infrastructure that existed before the shift of uh, the company deciding to basically go black. And they don't understand the marketing that's being put out. They don't understand the rollouts. They don't understand the drops. They don't understand um, 
these videos that are being shown and it's you know it's funny to me because i get everything that's going on from the consumer standpoint and from the business standpoint but as far as this being something new and uh in this very particular business that i work for um it's nothing new to what has always been seen we are the culture it's always been the case it's always been taken from us um but just to kind of also speak to the uh one piece that you had mentioned that we are like i don't know i feel through colonialism and through uh everything that has been that we've been conditioned to believe where like uh eurocentrism um whenever in regards to beauty and everything um we have finally reached the moment where we can see the shift of what they've always feared so we're right in the brink of it where it's no longer gonna, where it's no longer going to be the thing where it's going to be this difficult forever but it has been absolutely difficult for an extremely long time which is why we have strength and not just in the US cuz it's the colorism exists throughout the world true so um i'm excited to 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 be alive to experience the shift did anyone else want to speak on that jazz carry i mean i work in entertainment so I've always worked around mostly European people. Um and I've been well, I've been in the entertainment industry for like almost 10 years now and the first time I've had like another black person and she was female on my team was just last year. So like all of my other teams that I've worked uh on throughout my career, they've literally all been white. So I'm kind of used to that and I know there is a shift taking place which is amazing and companies are really trying to do the work. Um but it's still I mean it's still dominated by white males so <laughs> I think it's yeah. going to take a little bit. Well, I don't even think that you know cuz my my job, you know, you got to have a regular, you know, 9 to 5 career mm-hmm. whatever you would call it said that um we want to do more we're aware that all upper management is caucasian so we want to hire basically they're just like okay we're going to hire more african americans because we know that this is not right well i mean <laughs> no stuff like yeah we know that you know it's not it's been not right it's been the equality for a long time so i mean it just it is whatever i can just commend them for trying but it was just like if y'all don't get out of here that's how i felt but Carrie that's, oh i'm sorry go ahead jazz no i was going to say like i kind of felt that way but then i'm like yo if y'all going to hire more black people i'm all for it even though like the intentions might be a little off um just because of this whole you know wave of people trying to like, you know hop on the bandwagon mm-hmm. um, but then i'm like i'm not even mad hire us <laughs> But it's not so much of them hiring us. It's just that the people that you have working for you are qualified for your managerial positions and you mm-hmm. don't want to give us those positions because of where we start, where we're at. It's like a classism like we have to move up at your pace. My pace says that I'm qualified to be a manager. Right. If I wanted to be, but I don't want to be in charge of people cuz I don't like people. So, it's just <laughs> I'm just like where are you with that? Bro. You know? See, pick a side, pick a side. No, I'm not saying hey, me we need you, Sierra. We need you. 
No, you don't need me to be there for that. I'm not saying me personally. I'm saying someone who wants that for them. I know my strengths and weaknesses. And my weakness is dealing and having to talk to people. Because I don't feel like talking to people every day. Not people that I don't... No, but management... Management will absolutely have you babysitting uh, your coworkers. I don't want to do that. But I'm saying you have African-Americans who are qualified, who are in my position that can be a manager. You know, that's all I'm saying. The people who want to do it. I mean, but hopefully, again, I feel like um, we are in a time of change. Like that's that is that is very exciting and it's very scary to uh some people i just feel like this is a perfect opportunity for anybody to speak up and say yo this is the way that y'all doing it is the wrong way maybe try this maybe um somebody still hasn't realized like yo let's um hire internally first before we try to look for anybody outside of the company let's uh look at the people that we already have uh you know they're in the boardrooms shook because it's just like, oh shit, the jig is up. We're not <laughs> it no more. Nah, like that's real shit. Like they're to the point where it's just like, how can we make the public happy so they don't cancel us? Because it's cancel culture yeah. right now. But that's so, what I think they're doing. Oh, I know that's what they're doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm fully aware that's what they're doing, especially at my job. That's why it's funny. Again, I see it as a consumer and from a business standpoint, but it's also funny to me how shook, like the, the, just the face of scared, like, oh, wait a minute, who are we marketing to? Who's going to be coming into these doors now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Wow. Hopefully, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't care about America. Anyway, um, I have another... (laughs) I'm sorry, Carrie, did you want to speak on that? Did you want to wrap that up for us? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I work for the government. So um, and I also work for the government in a um, a big city. Um, So it's definitely a lot more black people out here than Virginia. Um, And even just in my industry, accounting, you know, um, I work for accounting firms in Virginia and it was just you know, 90, 95% white people. Um, (laughs) And that's your typical public accounting firm is mostly going to be white men for the most part. And then you have your white women. Um, And then, you know, you got little sprinkles of us in there. But um, once I got out here and really mostly everybody in my immediate group and my um, job right now are black, you know, but it's Houston. Um, But what I will say is anytime somebody comes from headquarters or you know um from dc you know they're usually white um so i haven't really seen a shift and even you know i go to different accounting firms now and when i visit them i went to one that had probably two black accountants and it was a small office so maybe about it was probably like five total but it was two black accountants and the guy told me he was like man it's so nice to have um another black person in the office so he whispered that to you like that yeah he did <laughs> man i tell you he was like man i was just telling her <laughs> <laughs> so i still think it's definitely a lot a lot more work needs to be done in um i would say my industry i haven't really seen a shift just yet most of the accountants that i know are in big cities whether that's atlanta dc houston you know um but other than that um 
they have a lot of work to do. So I haven't seen that shift just yet. And hopefully, I think maybe we might live to see that shift. But to be perfectly honest with you, I don't think that we, our generation, um, is designed to, you know, like how our parents did. They gave the man like 30 years of their life. I was just having this conversation with my mom. And I was like, I don't know how you did that because I don't even know if I could get these people 15, let alone 10. I'm like, we're, we're trying to shift that way of, you know, of income. Like we're trying to reach different different levels of income and we're trying to not just depend on just the traditional job you know we're trying to do different things we all are trying to do side hustles we all are trying to do things that we really care about see i i definitely agree with you um because we now understand that there's a different way of life you can absolutely uh create your own business you can absolutely create a business with purpose but um i feel like that's where the shift is going to come about if i own my business sophia styles me i own my business right uh god willing it will continue to grow. I'm going to need employees, but guess what? Because of the businesses that I've been in, I pick up the best practices, what works well for business, what hasn't worked for me as a a Dominican woman working in whatever corporation, um, how could this have been better? And I can implement that into my business as I hire black and brown moving Mm -hmm. forward. So now, um, And then it doesn't have to be that traditional uh, way of being an employee. Maybe you could just really be the owner of marketing rather than being, you know, just a a worker in a department. Like, no, you own that. Possibly. Again, like the possibilities are endless because there's so many changes taken about. And it's uh, socially, politically, but then there's also the technology that's being implemented right now. We're seeing advances. I'm on Clubhouse having conversations with people that I've never, you know what I mean, come across in, in a physical form. So there's so many shifts uh, taking place that I really feel like, but again, I've always been very optimistic, but I, yeah. I feel that um, our generation will absolutely create the change. I feel that the generations that are going to benefit from it, and even when it comes to hair. I have little cousins that are just like, they've been wearing their natural hair all their lives. They have no idea the whole going natural. Like you went natural. How do you go to natural? Like, what does that even mean? Like it's bizarre to them because they never had to go through that, which is beautiful. Like, you know, thank God you didn't have to go through that kind of trauma to really question your own beauty and your own uh, worth because it wasn't, you weren't conditioned that way. And that's the change that we were able to create from our generations. But um, I mean, again, there's still a lot of work to do. That was just one of my little cousins, but there's probably somebody or there are many kids in other places that is just like, they don't have the support, but I feel like it'll happen in our lifetime. Well, I'm glad that you're optimistic. (laughs) Uh, Jazz, how do you feel about that? I mean, I agree with everything you said um for the most part um I feel like yeah in our lifetime I feel like that shift will come especially like all of us um or at least I think all of us on this uh call we all have our own little side hustles we're all 
always thinking of ways like outside of our nine to five to like make that money, like trying to build that generational wealth. Um, because I'm tired of us just like, just being where I'm seeing, you know, other groups of people just out here doing what they do. Like they have that knowledge Um, that knowledge was kind of passed down to them. Whereas like, like I'm getting into more of like the real estate um, stuff yes. like investing on yes. the side. Uh, well, not on this, well, on the side for right now, but hopefully it will be my main thing that I can focus on. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I, like, I didn't grow up knowing about investing in real estate or like what that meant in terms of like building generational uh, wealth. So I'm trying to do the work now. So my kids have that, you know, knowledge and they can kind of continue pushing through um, with what we're starting now. So I do feel like the shift, it will come in our lifetime. At least I hope so. I do too. Care? Mm. <laughs> I'm glad that they have faith that it's going to happen. This <laughs> I can't. She's just think the kid is going to have his foot on our neck the whole time. Turn like uh, nah. I, just, I don't think that. But she way. know because she worked for the government. So she know they got a plan. What's the plan? <laughs> Go ahead, babe. Tell us the plan. What's the plan? What's the plan, <laughs> Carrie? Should I, I get this vaccine or not? She said, oh, right, right. Four years. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I just think um, our kids will be- benefit from it more so than we will. Um, like I, um, like Jazz, I didn't, um, even, I, I guess I didn't even learn finances really from my family. Um, my family couldn't teach me something that they didn't know. Um, I learned that by educating myself, by, um, you know, going to school, reading books. Um, my husband has gotten me into looking into stocks, the stock market. So I just think that my daughter is going to benefit from us doing the work ourselves, this generation, so that she's just going to be in a better situation when she starts out. She's not going to have student loan debt that's going to hold her back. You know, she's just not going to have the obstacles that we had in this generation to move forward. And Um, I understand that. And that's a great point because I agree more so with you um, because but I can say that my mom did teach me finances because my mom was all about good credit, good credit. You got to have good credit so you can do this or you can do that. She <laughs> always taught me to have good credit and to always make sure you save, you save, you save. Now, when I went to college, I didn't pay attention to that. I messed it up. I tricked it off. But then I re-upped and got my life together after that. And so now I'm in a better position. And like you said, I I don't fault my parents for not knowing other avenues because they were taught by their parents. And so you got to figure like some of our parents' parents, some of them didn't go to college. Some of them didn't have access to the knowledge that we have now. And like, we have the internet, we have, you know, the celebrities telling us, you know, on Instagram, this is what you do. This is how you invest. This is how you do different things. Um, celebrities back then weren't sharing the keys and they didn't even own their own music. So, I mean, <laughs> and they were getting jerked and, and done and okay. everything. like, it's just, it's just a whole bunch of things that, we um we didn't have access to back then so you can't fault them for not knowing how to stare you in the direction now a days we have the information we can obtain the information in different ways so now if we just screw up 
we just screwed up. We just tricked it off for no reason. <laughs> yeah. And now <laughs> we're just looking stupid. Like, why did we do that? So, well, I mean, every there's always going to be that trial and error and there's a learning curve. But what I'm saying is why I feel that we will see it. Like, we will live to see the, the change. Maybe not necessarily, again, benefit directly from it, but definitely our kids. Because the thing about it is the exchange of information. Information is everything mm -hmm. and we are able like right now let's say if we stay on this call after you know we finish recording and i absolutely share the gems that i've learned on clubhouse in the last two months that have absolutely shifted my life in that short period of time okay. we have the ability to obtain yeah girl listen what? life is life <laughs> is looking up i'm when i tell you i'm optimistic it's not just on some light but um <laughs> we have the ability to obtain information way faster than ever before mm -hmm. and then we also have the ability to implement the information way faster than we ever did before and, and it's just an ease of the the because there's so much shift there's many things that have yet to be regulated like when it comes to the digital world there there's just it's so new that the government hasn't gone into like oh wait a minute you got you can't do it that way you got to do it like this and, and oh, you're going to do that? You got to pay me this much. They don't have that in play yet. So there's so many pockets of opportunity right now that I don't know. I get really excited about it because I feel that it's just become an even playing field. Not everything, because obviously having that generational wealth so that we could have money to trick. So that we could have time and space to mess up because that's that's part of the learning process you have you're going to lose money no matter what game you play you're going to lose some and then that's how you know not to do that again you know what i mean when you're cooking you're going to learn okay if i do that i'm gonna burn myself so let me not do that you know what i mean it's yeah. the trial and error of putting into practice the theories but i'm excited i think so i think <laughs> i think we're going to be great guys <laughs> i think we're going to be great i don't know carrie got me <laughs> You see how easily I switched teams? I was like, yeah, I'll agree with y'all, but I don't know. Carrie was don't know. So she knows somebody is going to hold us back another 400 years. That's why that black man was whispering to her in the office. Like, hey. I'm trying to hear information about the vaccines, though. But we're going to get into that later. Okay. So, anywho, switching gear. <laughs> Ladies. Um, all right. All of us are in a relationship, so I'm not going to go too deep because who wants to do that? I'm just going to ask you guys a little bit about certain things, you know. Um, how did you know your partner was the right person for you? And Carrie, you can start. Why do I have to start? Okay. Because... Um, <laughs> So I am married, um, going on, um, three years this year. We'll be married three years at the end of this year. Um, so I knew he was the right person for me when, um, the same, once I saw that he had the same regard for me that he had for himself. When I say that, I mean, like, if I have a concern or a problem, he has a concern or a problem. The same way he would address that problem or concern for himself, he's going to address it with me. If there's an issue with me, there's an issue with him. Um, he, tr he treated me like we were 
one, you know, before prior to getting married. Um, so that's how I knew he was the right person for me. And he challenges me. Um, like I said, he's been teaching, educating me about the start market so we can look into it together. Um, and so I just think that he moves me forward. We push each other forward. Um, we have the same goals um, as far as, you know, doing better so that our kids can do better or that um, our daughter can do better. Um, so, yeah. That about sums it up um, without going too deep into it. Yeah, you don't. I didn't want to. I'm just saying our other halves, you know, we have to um, bring that into the equation because that is also the person that you are building this life with. So you want to know, like, what did you see in that person to make you say, like, OK, I could build with him. I can, you know, I can be with him. I see longevity with him, which separated him from, you know, whoever. So I'll go to Soph. So honestly, it was a situation where it was very easy to just have conversations because we connected on so many different spaces, like so many different parts of my mind were stimulated. So when it came down to even like getting my business started, the sharing of uh information everything just kind of made sense everything clicked there wasn't any like resistance i just feel like a lot of times men in general can absolutely get intimidated when they see that they have an ambitious woman the default thought is like oh this is going to be expensive like i don't know i just feel like that's the general consensus versus like all right how can we make this, how can we simplify this process? And that just felt right, you know, because at the end of the day, we're all trying to build generational wealth. Yes. Okay. I like that. All keeping right. It light, keeping it very light. <laughs> <laughs> and you can, because it's yours. You just, you know, you ain't got to tell everybody the secrets to your sauce. I just want yeah, you to okay, you know? Yeah, just keep it selfish. All right, uh, Jess. Yeah, so I would say, I mean, two weeks in, I kind of knew Peter was going to be my husband. Um, I feel like from day one, he kind of saw me for me, like always respected me, like listened to what I actually had to say, um, respected my opinions, even if they were different from his, which they usually are. <laughs> um and like, I feel like we just complimented each other. Like he's very patient, like literally wants to give me the world, um, which is amazing. Um, and honestly, I don't know. It's like, I'm not very traditional. Like I don't like to cook. Um, I will do it from time to time, but like he picks up that slack, like he'll cook here and there, um, which I appreciate it from day one. Cause I was like, listen, I don't cook. So you cool with that? Okay, cool, cool. We good. Um, and I think like on our, it was either our first or our second date. I was like, I was real upfront and I was like, oh, like, do you want to have kids? And he was just like, oh, I, I never thought about that. And I was like, okay, well, like that's not really going to work for me. So I'm gonna let you think about it, marinate on it. And then we'll kind of go from there pending, you know, what you would want to do. Yeah. Um, so like <laughs> he's always just been like, so chill. Like, and I feel like 
any other guy would have been like, hold up, you wildin'. Like, this is our first, second date, relax. But I was at the point in life where I'm like, listen, I don't really have time to be wasting. So, like, you either with me or you not. Oh, my God, Jez. Okay. We're not 55. Like, what is wrong with you? We are all. No. Nobody has time to waste, though. I'm not. Listen. I don't have time I don't, y'all crazy. But no, but that's the thing. I did that because, well, I don't think at the time, like I thought about it, like in this, you know, in depth like this, but I was like, if you can't take these conversations, then maybe we shouldn't be, we, maybe we won't work. You know what I'm saying? I understand that. Very open. And like, we have like the best communication. Like if he's feeling away, he'll let me know. And if I'm feeling away, I'll let him know. Um, So like that in a nutshell is pretty much kind of how I knew he was it. Well, I understand that, but you are not old. You don't have to say we not wasting time, but no, I mean, I, kind of like, kind of. I get it. I mean, um, I'll answer my own question. Um, I knew my partner. Well, I knew my partner for a minute. When I first seen him, I did not think that <laughs> we were like we were classmates. So I didn't think that anything would come out of that. And then I seen him years later on Instagram and I was like, well, he's fine. He had his little muscles. He had changed everything. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, look at little Timmy. So I had, um, you know, we had connected on Instagram and everything and we had talked and then things just, you know, happens. And um, what made me choose him is that I... I really love the way he treats his family. Um, he really, really gives honor. First of all, I look for, you know, someone who's spiritually inclined. I know that sounds cliche, but I need you to know God. I don't, I need you to know a God. Like I need you to believe in a higher being. I need you to say, hey, this, we need to pray on this. Can we do this? Can we, you know, bring like, let's come together and have that spirituality together. I ain't saying we got to go to church every Sunday or you got to be the deacon or the pre- or the pastor, but we just both need to have a spiritual inclination inside of us. So that's that. Um, I wanted him to want the same things that I wanted. And what I was asking, like how you said that you were bringing that to the table with other men, I did not have to bring that to the table with him because these are conversations that he would bring to me because he's seen me in a more serious, you know, light. Not saying that, you know, that didn't happen with you or whatever, Jazz. You just brought it up probably more sooner than Peter because he was going to bring it up, but you just impatient. (laughs) So anything on a second date, he probably would have brought it up like in two months or something, but... (laughs) I'm just saying me and Tim, um, you know, I just seen the way that he cared for me. He cared for me differently. And I can say that I, like we all, you know, can say. So getting back to, you know, you're saying you don't cook jazz. I cook. I clean. I'm a chef. Mm-hmm. I am a daycare. I am, an, uh, you know, a, a laundry, a professional laundry person. I am a maid. I am everything. You've always, you've always been like that. I like, I remember like when we were younger and you would cook <laughs> and like your asparagus, your garlic, like I legit remember it was bomb. And I was just like, yo, like Facts. <laughs> that's it. that is it for you. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to say, it for you. you cook and see after. 
<laughs> but that's what I'm saying. So, okay. So your partner is okay with you not cooking because that is like a deal breaker for most men. Oh yeah. Like I cook like, okay. So I'll cook breakfast most mornings, right? Like mm-hmm. that's simple. We eat the same thing basically for breakfast every morning. Um, <laughs> but now, no, but now we do hello fresh. So we'll like cook okay. together. So it's not just him cooking all the time. Now we make it like a group activity and like sometimes do like little date nights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I don't like to cook. I'm so not do you think myself. that men should be domesticated? Like you think men should yeah. know how to cook, clean and do all of that stuff? No, I don't. Th- I don't think so at all. I'm just not very traditional. So it's like if if you don't do that, then we probably wouldn't work or we're going to be eating out a whole lot. So if you have a son, you're not going to teach him those skills. Well, uh, Peter I am absolutely him them skills. <laughs> you said Peter could teach him those skills. Yeah, Peter is like not. No, I would. I feel like, yeah, he should be independent. He should be able to cook his own meals, wash his own clothes, make his own bed. Like, I'm so not. So then you believe that. that they should be domesticated? I mean, I believe you should do everything that a woman could do and vice okay. versa. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So then you're, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you have I a. Think, well, this is the thing. So I think that every human should be autonomous. <laughs> I think, no, absolutely. I think that every person, every person that consumes anything should be able to create that. I was whether about that's, to spit my water out. Whether that's food, <laughs> money, if you, I'm sorry? I was about to spit my water out. This laptop was about to be over. You said every human. I really don't. No, like because whatever, <laughs> however you may identify, you should be able to be autonomous you should be able to um cook so you could eat you like to eat so you should be able to cook i mean and i'm not saying like throw down like a whole thanksgiving feast at your crib like no but you should be able to sustain yourself you should be able to clean because if you can dirty something that means you should be able to clean it and that's just the way that i was raised period my dad i watched my dad mind you my mom could absolutely throw down Thanksgiving what was at my house mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. Christmas because we didn't do Thanksgiving but she would do the whole Christmas meal absolutely but guess what my dad was still cook I watched my dad still clean I watched my dad still do his own laundry so that taught me from a young age oh it's teamwork all around but I also watched my mom work so it's again you spend money you make money so to me, it to me it just all makes sense. You have to be autonomous. My son, for his third birthday, he definitely has, uh, which everybody that has kids and um, will have kids, anybody listening to this, Melissa and Doug on Amazon. They have this little mini broom and mop situation. He already has it. Oh, you want to help mommy? Of course, because guess what? Yeah, you just made a I mess while you were eating. Go ahead and sweep, <laughs> mm-hmm. puppy. <laughs> because yeah we're not we're not gonna do this and you're not gonna one as a man i don't think you should depend on your significant other to clean up after you because then what are you gonna do if something if she gets sick or you know she has a baby because for those first six weeks especially for those first six weeks we're good for nothing but feeding our newborn feeding ourselves and barely like i'm talking about eating not not cooking and then eating like that's a whole 
that's a whole time where your your wife is not going to be able to do these things for you. So what are you going to do? Starve. Exactly. Um. <laughs> so you have to be autonomous. And then in the time in between time, when I'm not mothering you and you don't have a wife, how are you going to live? Ramen noodles all day? No, you're going to be able to make yourself three meals because you are an autonomous person. Girl, you know they call their mama. They ain't about to do all that. They're going to be like, mom, come on. Now he's, listen, and I love my son. I love him. And because I love him so much, I don't need him to be that kind of mama's boy. Yeah. Now that, that, oh, anywho. Like, you can pull up. Into... I still pull up to my mom's crib, but listen, I don't need to pull up to my mom's crib. Two different things. Before we get into mama's boys, uh, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about men cooking, cleaning, sweeping, mopping? Um, I think Sophia summed it up very nicely. <laughs> I have nothing to add. <laughs> Somebody listening, y'all. She ain't safe. Blink two times if you. <laughs> she like, I ain't saying nothing. All right. I mean, they, were, they were taking care of themselves before they met us. They had to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, were they or were they, were they? swimming to take care of it for them? Because I had a man were that they? had a woman for everything. He had a woman to clean. He had another one come in to cook. He had me doing meals on wheels at the spot. Then he had, you know, they have hand washers and all this other stuff. They got women to do everything for them. <laughs> These women are desperate out here. So you're you're saying you're we're assuming that they did things themselves because while we were over there, yeah, we seen them scrape the plates off the dishes. But that don't mean that they was doing all of this themselves. I'm just saying, because some women will actually, they were just called to do certain things. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've seen it. That's very sad, but okay. <laughs> so speaking of relationships and everything, just, just trying to understand this a little bit more. Who do you think benefits more from relationships, men or women and why? I'm like, I forgot I was the person to tell people. So if you can go. Oh, okay. <laughs> My bad. Um, I mean, in a traditional sense, if we're talking about like back in the day. Um, um, we're talking about now, right now. Now? What do you think benefits? My thing is, my thing is it should, it shouldn't go uh, either way. I think both should benefit. It shouldn't lean to one side ever. If it's ever the, that case, you're technically in a... a in a pathological relationship, which by the way, I definitely recommend um, um, in my book club, by the way, we just finished reading Boundaries After mm-hmm. a Pathological Relationship. Yeah, it shouldn't, it shouldn't lean to, to one side. I think um, it should absolutely always be teamwork. Not saying that, again, if one person's cooking, the other one should be cleaning, there should be some kind of balance either way um and every relationship honestly is different so whatever works between you and your significant other that's amazing keep doing it and just make sure that what you think is working for your significant other is actually working for them and that they're not just being yes men or yes women for that moment just to please you because that's also a real thing so that's my thoughts on that okay i'll go back to carrie um, I definitely believe um, 
men can benefit more in um, a marriage or a relationship. Um, I think that the gift of a woman bearing a child for you is a benefit that you can't match. It's in, I, with birthing a kid, I just feel like it's impossible for um, for you to give me something more than I gave you. Like you can't beat that. They can't beat that. And um, so I just think with the fact of, you know, we hustle just as hard as them, um, maybe even harder. Um, we cook, we clean up. Um, I just feel like we just bring way more to the table and I'm birthing a child and I'm uh, nurturing and caring for a child. Um, granted, they help you, you know, raise them, but they're not birthing them. So no, <laughs> they benefit way more. Okay, Jasmine. Oh, that was a good point that I had not thought of. Um, okay. <laughs> you asking about children on a second date and you ain't think about that question? But not in terms of who benefits more and like the fact that, you know, we got to birth these children. I did not. Um, no, I like in this context, nah, I ain't thinking about it like that. You so didn't like, think about it as a benefit. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so I kind of agree with both Sophia and Carrie. Like, I feel like um like I benefit as much as Peter benefits from our relationship and I feel like that's how it should be um you know in past relationships I feel like I've always no I'm not gonna say always but most of the times I've always put out more than mm -hmm. my partners um and I knew like this time going around like even before I met Peter I was like uh-uh like that's not happening and if, if anything like I want my you know partner to love me more than I love them not to say that in like I don't love Peter as much as he loves me, but I need them to be extremely passionate about me and extremely in love with me. Um, because in the past it's been like womp womp and I've been putting in all this effort and like to get nowhere. Um, so I think I think both, I think both of us benefit equally, but then to Carrie's point, like we are, you know, having these babies. I mean, I haven't had a child yet, so I don't know what that's like, <laughs> but I'm gonna assume. <laughs> um yeah so I completely I mean I I can say that being you know a mother you know um that I believe that men do benefit more I'm just gonna say that um traditionally you know in a traditional standpoint men were oh I'm gonna go provide I'm gonna go be out in the streets and you just stay home you just take care of home that's all you got to do now in today's society it's kind of impossible unless he is like a millionaire for a man to do everything like to take care of everything because things are way more expensive um homes are expensive cars are expensive daycare wherever clothes everything is expensive yes you can live within your means but it's still expensive you know so you kind of do need that two-person income household if you want to build and if you want to do other things if you want to travel if you want to you know if you want to live your life if you want to have a home you know it's kind of hard for a man to sustain all of that by himself. And that's not fair for him to do that. But as a woman, I believe that we are working just as hard as the men are working. And we are also doing still what's in the house. 
You know, we still carry those traditional roles because they have been passed down from generation for generation. Those traditional roles of men, of being a real man, um, not saying a real man, let me not say that, of being a manly man, you know, a, a guy that can go out there, you can say, babe, something's wrong with my car. The guy can look under your hood and fix your car. Or babe, this shelf is not acting right. He could fix the shelf. Babe, you know, like how your grandpa was. You know, your grandpa could fix anything because the grandpa was like the jack of all trades. These men today are not designed and they physically can't do it. They could do their job and maybe spend some a couple hours with the kids. And I mean, they might whip up, whip up a little meal every now and then, but to actually do your job as a woman in all that you do, because they expect that traditional job that's being done because why their mothers did it. And that's why I said like mama's boys, like a lot of men, um, you know, they look for women that were just like their mother and they mo that model after what their mothers bring to the table. And it's just like, it, am I, are you trying to date your mom or are you trying to date me? Because this is hard. I have to live up to this <laughs> expectation. <laughs> like, I'm just like, what do I do? I got to go to work and get off at five o'clock or whatever, come and cook you a meal, then do laundry, then do, it's just so much that, that goes along with being a woman and traditional values. And we're not in a traditional society right now. So, so here, uh, this is something I absolutely uh, want to just add my two cents in. And this was from one of my psychology classes that it was like, damn, like it kind of, they kind of like woke me up in that moment. And mm -hmm. it was just um, an article that we discussed about the clock out of work, clock into home. And um, it was like a statistic that basically showed uh, how many hours a woman puts in per week at home. Yeah. Doing home labor. So because home, uh, you know, you can have somebody to come in and clean your house. You can have somebody to come in and cook your meals. They're called chefs and cleaners. And they they absolutely get paid for these services. So mm -hmm. it is an actual job. So for anybody listening that thinks that it's like absurd. Um, it's an actual job. So, um, yeah, the hours that women typically put in is astronomically greater than the hours yeah. that men typically put in. So then when we go and do this math, right. From a business standpoint, mm -hmm. um, when we go and do this math and you're spending all of this time and time is money when we're, uh, when you are exchanging time for money, but time that's for labor. Yes. Yeah, no, because we are now with our generation, we're learning that time doesn't have to be money because you can have things that generate wealth while you sleep. But anyway, back to the traditional way of making money. Time is money, right? So if you're clocking in time at home, let's say uh, you get off of work at six, by the time you get home at seven, from seven to 10, you know, you're oh, awake hours, you're cooking, cleaning, laundry, uh, whatever this for these four hours, these three to four hours you are spending on your home. What does that mean? You can't allocate that time towards your side hustle or your personal business. So when it comes into, Oh, well, how much money are you bringing in? Well, how much money am I saving us? 
Mm-hmm. So that's something that is very like is very rare that that conversation is discussed. I wish and I then had a round you- of applause for you right now. <laughs> yeah, you, you need a podium. You know, that's the thing, that's like never discussed. And then when you bring it up, it's just like, oh, here we go with your feminist talk. No, sir, because let's say in, uh, you know, it's 2021 in a lesbian relationship in a, uh, <laughs> no. Wait, go, go ahead. I'm, I'm, no, because then we're talking about people that can absolutely coexist in one space and they don't have to abide by gender roles and they can absolutely have a different type of relationship because they don't have these, uh, all of these gender roles and conditioning and what I'm supposed to be doing, what you're supposed to be doing. And that might not be their talent. Some people like uh, what Jasmine was saying might not be my thing. It might be your thing though. That's, that might be what you what you love to do. Somebody can love to paint. Somebody can love to, you know what I mean? Like everybody has their different talents, but now I have to work on my weaknesses to do a mediocre job where it's just easier for you to do it while I go on and do this. But not everybody is equipped to have that conversation yet. Wait, can I ask one question? Mm -hmm. So I know we were talking about in terms of like, you know, back in the day, um, the men being jack of all trades and doing um, like essentially being the breadwinners and stuff like that. And that's kind of shifting. like for our generation. So like, mm-hmm. why do we still feel the need to kind of keep those same traditional roles like as women? I think, I think for me, like I kind of try to like shift away from that. And that's kind of why I'm like, oh, I'm not cook- like, I-, I shouldn't be responsible for cooking or cleaning, you know, hundred percent of the time and things like that. Um, so that's kind of where the shift came from me. Cause I was like, this ain't fair. You had the vision. I should have came oh, to you. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, uh-uh. And so is you either with it or you not. And then he was with it. So I was like, cool, we good. But that's kind of where my shift come uh, came from. So I'm just wondering, like, why do we s- stick with those gender roles and things like that um, in this day and age? I not say I stick with it. I can say, like, I... Um... You know, I like cooking, you know, I've always liked it because I like to eat. So I'll do that. And I'd rather take care of my baby um, than to send her out in these streets. I'm scared because my baby got a little attitude problem. So I don't know what's going on just yet. I got to get that calmed down before I send her out in these streets. But I (laughs) will. told you what it was. (laughs) (laughs) It's an attitude. But I will. um, I will relinquish, you know the the cleaning you can have that that all day you can clean your butt off and laundry so i will i will talk about that that will be on my discussion board i'm probably gonna get shut down but that's on the discussion board question uh carrie (laughs) to answer jazz's question like a lot of a lot of women like you were saying earlier see a lot of women you know feel like they have to have a man and a lot of women like feel like they need a man and they're willing to do a lot of things to keep that man like yo if I don't cook I don't clean he gonna leave he gonna be with somebody else Mm -hmm. but like a lot of women 
feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, but also with me, it's kind of with my situation. I don't have a choice. My husband travels for work, so if ain't nobody cleaning the house, it ain't getting cleaned. <laughs> if if <laughs> we have a child, so if ain't nobody cooking, the child don't get fed. So mm-hmm. a lot of that responsibility does fall on me. And I know a lot of these, even though I know society is changing, where women are traveling more for work. Um, still most, most of the jobs where people travel a lot, it is comprised of mostly men. So that does leave the women at home to do those duties or hire somebody to do it, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I understand that. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's nothing. And I feel like that with with, what Soph was saying, like, I feel that you should be able to, you know, give, give these certain jobs away. Like, give them to someone. It's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I'm going to hire a maid. I'm going to hire someone who comes in every month to clean up. I'm going to hire someone who, you know, takes care of the child while she's at home, a nanny or whatever, you know. It's nothing wrong with getting someone to do that. Um, But most women don't want to. Most women don't want to. I'm going to just say that. So I have another question. This will probably be the last question, you guys. Um, could you be the breadwinner in a relationship and still feel secure? I'm going to start with Carrie. Um, yeah, I don't see if I was the breadwinner, I just don't see anything changing to be honest with you. Um, I would be secure. I think he would be secure too. I'm not assuming that y'all the breadwinner. I'm sorry. I had to purpose that. Like, but like, cause you could be right now, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I just don't think it would change anything. I I think he, he would be secure. I would be secure. Um, it wouldn't bother me. It wouldn't bother him because I don't know the type of mentality he has. It's just, it doesn't, it's like, if, if I'm doing good, we're doing good. If he's doing good, we're doing good. It's just, we don't have that mentality of you're making more than me or you're making, it's just not, it's our money. All right. I like that. All right. So. So oh, my turn. yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't see, I don't see how that could be an issue at the end of the day. It's, um, team building um yeah again um the the way that resources will be allocated absolutely will be different because time is money okay and um (laughs) jazz yeah i agree with both um because at the end of the day yeah now that we're married it's like it's all going into the same pot. So uh, it really doesn't make a difference at this point. So no, I don't see an issue with that. And I agree. I don't necessarily, um, it's not like being the breadwinner is just like, it's not something to hold over your partner's head, right? It's not something that you make them feel bad about. It's just, um, but men, let's just say some men use their money um, as a need to do things like some men use their money and say, I make this money. So I get a hall pass every month, or I make this money and I'm allowed to, you know, be disrespectful or 
I'm allowed to talk to you any type of way because I'm the breadwinner and I do this and I do that. That's totally not my relationship or any of our relationships on the phone. But men use that, um, you know, I make more money than you situation to just throw around, you know, like different things just to, I guess, to exude dominance is what I'm saying over us. That's a narcissist. That's yeah. a narcissist and a manipulator. Yes. You have that but these are them. <laughs> yeah, no. If, if you have that situation going on, run. Head for the hills because that shit is not going to change. And it's only going to get worse. And again, Boundaries After a Pathological Relationship is an amazing book. Um, it's not even my book. Nobody I know wrote it. Nobody I know is getting money for it. It's just a really good book that we just finished reading. It's very powerful. Um, but what I do, uh, key takeaway, they will, abs- that type of person will absolutely um, deconstruct your whole uh, confidence. They will mm-hmm. destroy you and make you feel like you are not good enough and no other man will want you. Similar to, again, the girl the the wife of Derek Jackson. Jackson. She, that's she a came scary. Here. Watch that video. Girl, did you see the armor of Jesus that she had on when she was uh in that last video? She had the armor of Jesus. She said, This is my helmet. You may see a bonnet, but this is a helmet with Christ. I said if you don't leave God and Jesus out of this, that thing was <laughs> sad. It's sad watching her. And when you see one it's it was very sad. sad to watch her. But, but that's, that's what, what you see. That's weak. That's what, like, that's a, not saying, and I'm sorry, but I see a weak woman when I look at her and I think of a But the thing about it is, her. this is what a lot of people need to realize because there, there can be men that are in similar situations that they have a woman that's in power and is power tripping and is narcissistic, manipulative. Yeah. Um, they will absolutely take you from being that powerful, powerful person that they were attracted to and whatever beauty that they saw in you and they will absolutely destroy that side of you because True. they don't want anybody else to see it. So that woman that we saw, she, you could tell she has very beautiful features. Yes. You could tell that, you know, with the yeah. right posture, you just, you know what I mean? Fix yourself up a little bit. He came here ready to show off and show out to his but little side Johns. But then that's the thing. You didn't feel co- uh, confident enough to say, hold on. I'm not going on anybody's Instagram looking like this. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the or thing. let's wait till my hair is done. Or let's wait till I can do something else with my outfit and my look. Yay. Like, hold on. Wait a minute. She didn't want more for herself. That's what pissed me off. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. When you understand what a narcissist can do to a person's confidence, it's just, it's it's very sad. And oh, I, I hope she, she finds help. I hope she goes and outside of whatever circle she's in right now, I hope she gets therapy. I hope she gets spiritual hey. guidance and she can escape that situation because she is a very beautiful lady mm-hmm. and she can absolutely do way better and not saying in another man, just go love yourself, baby. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. And that's what I, I mean. And I used to say, you can say whatever you want to say about President Obama, but he knew who he had on his arm. Even to this day, like if he, he just knew. knew who he was. Yeah, she mm-hmm. knew it. He knows it. 
but that's the type of person you want to be with someone who is and everybody used to always say oh he is so fine why is he with her they like literally used to talk about this woman like she was horrible like when she first when she first got into the office and then she started getting that presidential money so the budget started going up and so they were just like oh okay like i see like but no it's not even about that she was an attorney and she was doing her own thing before she met homeboy like she was doing her thing and he is complimenting her and that's where a lot of men have a problem with they don't want to compliment you sometimes they want to be the compliment they want to be seen they want to be out there yeah that's a dangerous space to be in and then again that's going back to like what I love about my significant other like you're not intimidated by the woman that I am and have the potential to be and I'm absolutely becoming mm-hmm. um, if anything you feed that rather than try to tear it down and that is a different space to be in and that and did any of you ladies have anything to add to that okay so <laughs> we're gonna close out I just want to say thank you ladies so much for, you know, doing this podcast with me this week. Um, And I appreciate you. I know you all are very busy. Um, If you want to, I would just like you guys to give out your socials and just like your company handles if you want to. Um, I'll start with you, Jess. Um, Like personal or? If you want to, if you, I mean, or your company handle. Well, yeah, I'll do my personal because I link out to like my company and like my little side project um you can follow me at jasmine.sloanel s-l-o-a-n-e-l um on insta all right and so so my instagram is sophia styles me that's sophia with an f styles me and next week i will be dropping uh my mommy and me collection it is uh, hoodies that I designed with our crowns in mind. The hoods are extra large and set in line to protect our crown. So if you want to get exclusive access before it drops, make sure that you go into uh, my website, www.sophiastylesme.com. It is also the link in my profile and subscribe to the website. I will email you the link. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> and Carrie, did you want to do your social? Social media, not social. <laughs> oh yeah, I was talking. I'm sorry. I, um, no, you're fine. <laughs> but yeah, it's um um underscore C Mills and that C M I L L Z. All right, and you guys know me. I'm Ciante. I have to change that name. It's so childish. It's so college. But uh, Ciance underscore three and um, follow Lux Collection LLC. We will be dropping new merchandise for my birthday, March 31st. And you get 15% off just for that day. Um, So, yeah, (laughs) just for that day for new subscribe for new um, for people who purchase new products for um, people who have purchased before, you will be able to, you know, use that coupon code because I sent a little something in your packaging. But I appreciate you ladies and I appreciate the conversation and I thank you so much, so much for opening up to me. And again, this is another episode of Life As I See A Podcast. Thank you for listening.
Rico music, Rico music, Rico music.